Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Reset Button Online. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friend. Why do we always just start giggling? It's so funny. I don't know. I think it's because we're we ha- excited to be here I today. Know. My name is Sharon Mahano, and this is my friend. Sorry. You always cut me off when I'm trying to introduce you. You get really excited, too. I do. I'm like, I can't wait to just, just open my just mouth and start wait. rambling. You just cannot wait. Okay, let's start over, friend. Okay, so my name is Sharon Mahano, and this is my friend. Carlos Alvarez. There you go. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about something that is has been very close and dear to a lot of our clients lately. And to and, some of us as well. And, into one of oh, into one of our into one of our guests on the show today. Um, it's gonna we're going to be talking about grief. Grief. Yeah. Well, the way that I wanted to start talking about this is like if you were able to have a conversation with somebody, um, anybody, who would it be, and what would you ask them? That is right. And considering that, I know this is going to sound really like. I don't know. Is it lame? Um, it's going to sound kind of lame. <laughs> well, no, I, not lame. Blessed. I'm very blessed to say that I have not lost anyone close in my family yet. So I was going to have Carlos share a little bit about himself today because he lost his Tia Silvia a few I months did. ago. And so Christmas Day, to be exact, that was a hard one to swallow. This was right before we started our podcast. So, yeah, that was. As a matter of fact, we dedicated, I think, the first episode to her or the yeah, second. Yeah, we did. One of, one of the first. It was one of the first ones. Um, but yeah, guys, I know that this episode might sound like a little bit of a downer. Some of you are going to just go ahead and hit forward and maybe move on to the next episode. Because this is definitely one of those that um, some of us are not ready to listen to. And some of us are ready to move on and just kind of get just deal with life again. Um, if I were able to have a conversation with somebody that had passed, I think it would actually be, I think it would actually be my aunt. It, this one's a hard one because I've had so many of my family members passed mm-hmm. um, that have passed. My both paternal and maternal grandparents have passed and I love them dearly and I love them all very differently. Um, and they both had very different qualities to offer. Um, and then there's, oh gosh, I, I just, I wish that it, as opposed to just being one person, I wish that I could. Like a family reunion. Like a family reunion. Yes. Like if I could just talk to everybody for just five minutes and just more than anything, give them a hug and just say, I love you. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's one of the things that I miss the most is just feeling that embracement. And like, there's little, little things like my aunt Yolanda. Mm-hmm. Um, she would always pinch me right here in the, uh, on the forearm, like in the fold of our arm. And she would like roll my fat between her nails. I know it sounds very funny, but she would always, that was her way of showing her love and just us talking. Mm-hmm. And then sorry, cousins. She would tell me many times, you're my favorite. Like there's something about you that she's like, you know, you're my favorite. And I think that that's always stuck with me. And I know that I've shared this story with you guys because she's the one that would sing. Uh, smile, mm-hmm. and I've t- I shared that song, uh, that story with him many times as well. It's like smile even though your heart's breaking, smile even though it's aching, and when you look at the sun, and you know the 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 song goes on, and she would sing that song. She had a beautiful voice. She had an amazing voice, very like 
the Latina Whitney Houston to some point because she used to love singing I Will Always Love You. Mm-hmm. And even though she didn't hit those high notes like Whitney did, she still had a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful voice. But anyways, she said, whenever I die, you know how we say that sometimes? And we never yeah. know because I know I say it all the time. Whenever I die... And I know my mom's real good about saying whenever I die. <laughs> She's the mom guilt, I guess. Yeah. Sometimes is really good about that. But my aunt would always say things like that, like whenever I die, and if you hear this song, I want you to remember me. And it's happened at the salon a couple of times, and and I've shared, and I don't think it's happened in in the new space, and and mm-hmm. ever since we moved. But we used to listen to Martini Radio. Mm-hmm. And every so often, Nat, uh, Natalie Cole would come on and she would be singing, smile, even though your heart's aching. And immediately, obviously, it would it like would trigger a memory. It would like that little knot in the throat, like, I'm not going to cry, but you remember and it just makes you feel that. But it was like a happy memory, mm-hmm. right? And I think a lot of these things are definitely when we're ready to move on, you start sharing the story behind it. Like I, I was very saddened by her passing and then all of a sudden little things like that started happening to me and then I was able to move on. And when I was ready to move on is when I started sharing those stories, right? With my aunt Sylvia, it's so recent. She's my literally guy. She's like my second mother. The way that our home was designed, we were literally up and down neighbors. So from the street, it looks like our house was one giant mansion, but it wasn't. It was actually two houses. And it always, it's so funny because even with my cousins, I see them as my sisters. And we would always like get in fights with them as, and they would, we would hear them running to the door and like, lock the door. Here comes the people from upstairs. And oh like, it was so funny, but <laughs> there was always seven of us in that house, uh, seven kids. Mm-hmm. But my aunt Sylvia was, I was reminiscing with my mother the other day because in Brownsville, Brownsville, Matamoros area, where is where I grew up, they have a, a festivity, um, like a, San Antonio has, what is it called in San Antonio? Like Fiesta or something like that, where it's mm-hmm. like a festival and they celebrate all the Mexicanness and everyone. And then in Brownsville and Matamoros, we would have what we called Charo Days. Charo okay. Days. Charo? El Dia del like, Charro would be in like Mexico. Like Charo Beans? Like Charo Beans. So it would be Charo Days. And I was very little. And my mom said that I was actually in kindergarten or pre-K. Mm-hmm. And this memory is so vivid that when I was telling my mom and I had my moment of breakdown and my mom said I was rushing because at that time the floats would cross from the U.S. into Mexico. And it was like meet Mr. Amigo. Like there was like this whole ceremony Mm -hmm. midway in the bridge. And um, anyways, my aunt was like literally chasing the thing, the float. And my mom's like, and you have no idea. She's like, you were like the star of the parade. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. And it wasn't that I was being cute or funny. It's because I was so exhausted. And there I was with my little charro outfit, like with my head just (laughs) hanging low. And I was napping. But everybody was was like, I think they're, you know what? I'm going to ask my mom because there's actually pictures of me on this float, like at the age of three, four. I don't even know how old you are in pre-K now. And there I was with my little head and my little hat, I think. And I'm just, no, I was just like drooling and out. Oh, so you were like a little borracho. Oh, it was like a little borracho charro. (laughs) A little drunken charro. (laughs) And so my aunt picked us up and then 
you couldn't park anywhere close to it. So we walked all the way home, but we lived very close to the border. So my aunt, um, she knew that I hadn't had any lunch or whatever and that we had been out there for a couple hours. I know I'm dragging with my story, but it's a very beautiful memory for me. And then she's, she carried me home on a piggyback mm-hmm. and I, and she's like, are you hungry, mijito? And I'm like, yes, I am. Yes, dear, I am hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and she literally, there was, I love avocados. You know that. Uh-huh. She peeled an avocado mm-hmm. and I literally ate it like an apple. Mm-hmm. And then I died again. Like I went right back Pit to sleep. Oh, Pit and Artang. <laughs> like I ate it like it was a straight up mango girl. Like just, you know, like, oh, delish. And so I had that amazing memory. And just like that, when I have so many from her and... Mm-hmm. And I miss her. I miss her. I I miss her terribly. I miss her absolutely every single day. And I was just talking to my mom about this. And and I wish that you can have those five minutes again to talk to them and just say. Especially like now as an adult. Oh, my gosh. Well, and the things that you would, the things that you share, cherish, cherish. Why don't we do that? (laughs) And and yeah, you're right. Like. Just yeah. for me to 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 reminisce, and why do we remember these things mm-hmm. after somebody has died? Like I'm very good about calling people out out of nowhere, and it sounds like a creeper in a way because mm-hmm. I'm like, I just want you to know that I love you, mm-hmm. right? Like I was talking to Garrett and Danielle the other day, and I'm like going through their their Instagram and I'm living all of these things of like their baby stuff and their baby mm-hmm. fever. I feel it and I'm like, I am so incredibly happy for you guys. And I, and I send them a message actually. And I'm like, and it's going to sound very creepish, but I'm just here to tell you that I'm celebrating the happiness with you. I said it, it sounds real mm-hmm. creepy, but I'm like the end, right? And I will randomly tell people, Hey, I'm thinking about you. Like, I know that we may not be talking that we don't talk that often, but you're still very dear to my heart. You know me is that if I ever call anybody a friend, you're my friend. Like thick and thin, whatever. And so anyways, I'm the same way with with just anybody, with all my friends. But anyways, if I had that time to to share another minute with somebody, and I know for those of you listening to us, we have so many of our guests, friends, acquaintances, people we know that have I mean, this is part of life. We're gonna lose somebody. It's it's mm-hmm. it's it's what it is, right? We're born, we live, we die. Just to sum it up, just in case you guys didn't know, and somewhere in between, we we pay taxes. And <laughs> <laughs> lots of them. Lots of them. For sure. Oh, even if you don't, hello. <laughs> well. I, I see how much you're paying taxes too, friend. But anyways, um, yeah, I wish that I could have another five minutes. And I know that some of you listening to us, I know that, for example, Marcela will tell me many times, like, I wish I could talk to my dad again. Or my mom, I wish that I, like tonight, she was like, right. I just, I wish I could talk to your aunt. I wish that we had taken that dream vacation that one of her dream, not a dream vacation, but one of the fun vacations that she wanted to do and she never got to do was visit Vegas. And like, my oh, mom really? has this big, like guilt about it because she's like, there were she opportunities for them to go. Uh-huh. And now ever since she told me that, you know, Vegas is like my playground. Like I love yeah. going to Las Vegas and I'm like, geez, like why didn't I even think about bringing my mom and my aunt and all three of us just having a great time in Vegas? First of all, they would crap if they saw how much I played. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyways, probably. <laughs> but anyways, um, we all know that, that there's, 
different levels or not different levels, but five, five different stages to grieving. And some of you guys are, that are going through this, we all know that there's anger. We all know that there's depression and bargaining and acceptance. And I forgot one. There is also, um, denial. denial. Thank you. Denial. <laughs> we have it up on our screen. Um, so there's that denial, for example, that, I think that's where I'm at right now. And I'll tell you why. Just yesterday, driving home, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't yesterday, it was two days ago. I, I <laughs> closed my eyes and I hit myself <laughs> with the mic. <laughs> it scared me. Um, but I was driving home and I'm like, you know what? My aunt's not dead. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the most recent death I've had in my family. And I'm like, she's not dead. I want to pretend like she's still like back she's home still and we're just not talking right now. Right. Like, that's my way of like, Dealing with dealing it. with the fact that she's moved on, but she but you're obviously and I'm just like I'm just gonna deny it because it actually happened with with her brother, her eldest brother, my my uncle, obviously my mom's brother, and for many years I forgot to see my tío Chon. We call him tío Chon. His name was Santiago, and my tío Chon, my tío Chon. <laughs> <laughs> um, he passed actually when I was in Vegas, and my mom didn't want to ruin my vacation. When? And this was like years ago. Uh-huh. This was like, I was not even a hairdresser yet. Mm-hmm. Like that's how long ago it was. And they never told me. And I was so mad, but I'm like, you know what? Since you guys didn't tell me and I'm not going to the funeral, um, I'm just going to pretend like he never even passed. Oh my like God. I never had that closure. So in my mind, I feel like, oh, he's probably somewhere in Mexico. Just, you just know, hanging out, hanging out on his rocking chair. And I never had that one, mm-hmm. but there's definitely a lot of stages that you guys are going through. I mean, so many of our guests, we recently had... Um, One of my guests just had Dora. her mom pass, pass away. And um, I just... We get so close to our clients that we cry with them, too. Right. And it's just... it Because it, it sucks. It sucks. Like, it's a horrible you, thing. I put myself in her shoes, and I just think about my parents, and it just makes me want to, like... Go and hug, run and hug I, them. Yes, that which is what happens every time. Right. But it just makes you want to have those conversations with them now or makes you want to spend more time with them now before it's, it's too late. You know what? It's so funny. Cause I was just telling Rodika the other day that she's so happy, like traveling and doing all this stuff. And I'm like thinking to myself, and I even said it out loud. I said, Rodika, I don't think anybody has been on their deathbed wishing that they had worked more or that they had mm-hmm. wished that they had made more money or they wish that they had. I think the number one thing that many people look back and they say is like, I wish I'd spend more time with my family. And that's where I even find myself now. Like I need to make the time. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I don't want to. It's yeah. that right now my life is so completely saturated with work. Right. That I create this excuse that I'm like, you know what? The first thing that I do whenever there's a free day, it's like, oh my God, finally I can go buy shoes. Or finally, I can clean my house or finally, yeah. or supervise at least. Or, you know, um, <laughs> or but there's... You, you make yourself busy anyway. And, and then you, yeah, and then you fill up the space. Why? Because we're so used to running, going, doing that if we're not filled, if, if our schedule's not filled with 25 hours a day, we don't feel accomplished. We don't feel like we did anything. So we're so used to not even chilling. When I was on vacation mm-hmm. and I was still working and I was still... Um, putting pictures or making my pictures Instagram ready, you know, by cropping and, you know, whatever. And 
but I kept myself busy as opposed to like just breathing and chilling and enjoying the day and the time and whatever. I was filling it with work. Why? Because that's just who I am. I have all this energy that I don't know how to just chillax and sit back with a book. So make the time. I guess that's what I'm getting to, guys. Make the time to tell somebody you love them today. Like, stop what you're doing. Hit pause on this on this podcast right now. And I want for you guys to just, I mean, if you're driving, don't do it. Just go ahead and stop or pull over. But make it a point. Today, right now, I want for you guys to call somebody and just be like, I love you. I miss you. And I hope that we can go have a cup of coffee very soon. And mean it. What do you think, friend? Well, and if it's if it's too late, still have that conversation with them. And I do. I like, do. Have that conversation with them because you almost have to let that out, right? You do. You, feel like you, you need have to, to voice do that it. Sometimes with your And you, do you with, know the number one place where people do that? Where? It's in the car. Because you can just let it out. You can let it out you can and cry it out. Oh my god. That's where I do, do. That's where I do a lot of my um like when I'll go by the church or something and I'm uh-huh. like, oh, my God, if I could just talk to my aunt one more time or, oh, my God, if I could just whatever. And then you get those memories of people that have gone or, or passed and you're just like, like, I have let out screams, Sharon. So is that why you have all those paper towels in the car? <laughs> Maybe, friend. That's what the Kleenex are for. That's what my Kleenex, my paper towels, just so that people don't now know. Now we just... know where all the paper towels <laughs> and the toilet papers have gone. They're the all mystery of the toilet papers. I just take one roll, been. just one roll, and it's like I can buy more now. Yes. <laughs> and um, anyways, I I have let out screams, and I know that some of you guys listening to us, that, like that's the best place because in reality, nobody can hear you. You're encapsulated. You're going down the freeway or whatever, and you're like, ah, like you just you manifest that pain. It's like almost voicing out that pain and just letting letting it out, letting it out, and then wherever I get to the place that I'm getting to, it's like, okay, that felt great. Like now I can continue. Like yeah, it's it's sometimes we just need that release of of grief that we are that we are um, collecting or just. You have to let all that anger out. You need to let it out, guys. You need to let it out because first of all, it's not healthy. It can definitely make us sick. Grief manifests itself in many different, um, in many different ways of like an illness or people end up with depression and people end up with, you know, with all these different things. So definitely let it out. Like that's what I'm going to, that's my number one thing that I want to tell you guys is just definitely release that anger, release that, that grief and just, it's okay. We're human. We're, we're going to break. We're going to melt and we're going to shake it off. And then we move on. One of the number one things, and Tim has even told me this one, Sharon, uh-huh. when his dad passed, he had somebody, uh, in his life tell him eventually to just get over it. And that. I'm sure that's like the worst thing that you can tell someone. That's the worst thing that you can tell anybody that has any kind of pain, like shake it off, you know, like wipe your knees and get over it. Like you fell, get up and get over it. We all grieve very differently. Some of you guys are going to grieve in the sense that you might make it something funny. Like sometimes my, my, my way of grieving is like trying to make a joke out of it. And then you get that nervous little laugh. But in mm-hmm. the inside, you're like 
completely shredded in grief and completely just in the gloom and doom of things. And some other people release their grief by running. Other people release it by eating. Other people release it with like, there's so many different mm-hmm. ways for them to, to release the grief. Um, and it's okay. Like these are all different steps, but the number one thing that nobody should ever tell you is to get over it because we all grieve very, very differently. And I'm so happy that you haven't experienced that that part of life yet because I mean that and and it, we said lame earlier but in reality you're very blessed you're blessed that you have not gone through that and I just hope that I don't have to go through it for a while because it really just takes a toll on you it does like every time somebody passes it, it a little bit does go with them like yeah their memories live on and they live the, and, and the best way for them to keep alive is by remembering them and and talking about them and bringing forward the funny moments. And I think that that's definitely one of the things that keeps us going. Have you guys, well, you've seen Coco. Like that's my jam when it comes to a cartoon. And I know that I ruined it for so many people because I just, that movie makes me ball every single time. Every single time. But then I make it a funny, like, oh, there I go. With like crying again. What was the t- the line that she says? The little grandma. The little remember me. Ah, the remember me. <laughs> Every time with that voice, <laughs> he starts to cry. Oh my gosh! And it's not just a cry; it's like bawling. But there's some songs like there's some songs in Spanish even that I'm like "Amor Eterno" by Rocío Durcal. Mm-hmm. And those of you that don't know, she was a very famous international Spanish singer. She was from obviously Spain. I said Spanish, but, um, but yeah. And, and there's some songs that are going to remind us of people, but, and it's okay to cry. It's okay to remember. It's okay for us to go through this and, and just keeping their memories alive. And by sharing them, like I shared the one with my avocado with my aunt, like it's a happy memory. But then at the end, you're like, and it makes me sad, but it makes me so happy that I can talk about it. It makes me super excited that that there are things that we can share with you guys and and just let it out and, and be who we are. I mean, we all have a soft side. We all have. Yeah. What do you think about all this? friend? I know I've, I've talked a lot about everything well, that's right good. now, but. You're letting it all out. I, I've just, you know what? I feel like I reset myself right now. Yeah. Sometimes you, you just to. need to let it out. Sometimes you just need to flip your tortilla. Flip your tortilla. Make sure that you stay in your lane and just keep going in life. Just, you know, just everything. <laughs> just everything right now. Um, but yeah. So I know that some of you guys at home are very sad. There's somebody that has passed in your life. Obviously, we've a lot of us have experienced death, and um, it's okay. It's okay to, to move forward and read about it. Like, do you feel like it helps when, um, to reach out to other people? Or do you feel like it's easier to kind of just stay to yourself until you're ready to, um, talk about it? Or is it better to be around? Cause I know, like, for example, whenever I do go through something, and like I said, I've never been through like someone dying Death, in my family. Right? But whenever I do go through something, you isolate yourself. Sometimes a bit. I do want to be isolated, but sometimes I do want like my best friend there or something. So how do like how would you approach this? You know, I think that this comes back to people being um, themselves. Again, everybody grieves differently. Mm-hmm. So for me, I love to I love to stay busy. I love to just I've always loved people in my life. Like 
Tim is like, babe, when are we going to go to dinner by ourselves? And I'm like, never, because I want all kinds of people. Like, I, I'd much rather. <laughs> never. never. <laughs> Real Chucky. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, but we do go on dates. And, and it's actually really nice when it's just him mm-hmm. and myself. Like that one time that you and Mahano joined us over at Perry's. Mm-hmm. And we waited for you guys like. For a good for hour. Like three hours? No, I think it was about an hour. <laughs> uh-huh. And it was a great, you, we had an amazing conversation. We talked about love. We talked about business. We talked about everything. And, and it was a great conversation, but sometimes we just don't have that time to breathe and just chill with a glass of wine and us talking. Uh-huh. And so anyways, um, I remember that day because it was actually a fun thing. And I hope we repeat it again. I hope we repeat it again very soon, babe. Because I know now Tim is listening to us, so I have to be very careful with what I say. He's on board. Oops. He's, yeah, he's on board. Oh, no, he's going to know where the toilet paper was. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but um, but yeah, to answer your question, I think that we all grieve very differently. And we all, whether we surround ourselves with people or not. So for those of you that don't know, I'm going to let, you know, everybody knows. Well, for those of you that don't know, a lot of people that know me know that I was a funeral director. And it's so weird for me to even say it now because that was such a... Lifetime ago. It was such a lifetime ago, for real. And anyways, I I think that I learned a lot about death and mortality and, and the coping mechanisms that go with it and all that fun stuff. Or not so fun, you know what I mean. And all the things that go that are associated with death is that it's an individual experience. Uh-huh. It's in in a nutshell. It's an experience. It's an individual experience. Some people are going to be so grief stricken that they do very stupid things. They're not stupid. I'm not going to say stupid. That that was a harsh word. They do things out of like that manic moment of depression. Like there were things that we would say. Like we would have casket crawlers. Sometimes, yeah. What do you mean? Like they would get into the casket? They would literally be like, take me with you. And they would jump into the casket. You know, like, Mm -hmm. yeah. but that's a sign of grief. That's just one of those moments of that manic. That's how much they wanted to be with their love. Yeah, like that's their, that's the level of manifestation of pain that they're currently going through. Right. And I know that it sounds harsh for for you guys to that we refer to them as the casket crawlers, but it was just kind of like, even for a great shout out to all my funeral directors, my friend Becky's a funeral director still. And comedy sometimes is the relief for you not to internalize with something that you're, you know, that you're always surrounded with death. Somebody died embalming this, that, the other, and you know, everything associated with it that you have to sometimes just find that comic relief in death. Mm -hmm. Now that I'm out of it, it's like I have taken out that comic really because I'm not surrounded by it on the 24-7. Yeah. That it's now like, geez, that was harsh. Why would we call them casket crawlers? But at the time but it that made was sense. Your way and of- Becky probably is going to be still laughing about it because she's like, oh, the casket crawlers. <laughs> she's, still in it. she's still in it, right? She's still a funeral director. But um, yeah, again, just in a nutshell, to, to sum up your the question. Your question is that it's an individual experience. Okay. Now, for someone who has gone through something like that, you mentioned earlier the worst thing that you can tell someone is just get over it. Right. What would be something that you can say? Because I am the worst with words. Sometimes, friend, it's not even a word to be spoken. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's, it's, 
it's, it goes back to the language of love. So sometimes I, I think that a simple placing the hand on somebody's shoulder. Have I shared the story of when I missed my flight to Vegas? Which time? <laughs> it's only happened <laughs> once. I'm going to, I'm going to share this story real quick with you guys. So I was on, we were on our way to Vegas and Allie Linquist. Oh, I remember that time. <laughs> uh, this is, this is, this story is called that one highlight. That one highlight. So Allie Linquist, <laughs> I'm going to throw her under the bus. I hope you listen to this one, Al. I am letting the world know our story. And obviously you guys, um, it didn't quite happen this way, but she, um, she wasn't very happy with her color. And I said, and the last thing is to make my girl unhappy because I love Allie. She's, she's, I've seen her grow and she was one of my originals and, and I love this kid. Well, she's a grown woman now. She's about to be married. But, um, anyway, she missed a highlight. Well, not she. I missed a highlight. Just one. And she's like, it's okay. We can fix it later. I said, no, no, we're going to fix it right now. And she was like, Jane, let me Christmas. <laughs> G money. <laughs> Why do I make so everybody sound like Nacho Libre? I don't know. <laughs> Jiminy Christmas. And, um. <laughs> you sound like the subtitles in the Spanish movies. Oh my God. I just Jiminy made my, Christmas. <laughs> just made myself laugh on that one. But, anyways, um, so we're rushing to the airport. I finally do the color. I'm rushing it. I'm blasting it with heat, you know, trying to get her out so that I can make my flight. And so we finally get there and we missed our checking for the bags by literally three minutes. Three minutes, three minutes. And the check-in clerk was like, I'm sorry, you know, it's the law, whatever they wanted to call it, the regulation that we're not allowed to give anybody. Um, they can't check their bag in. I forgot if it was an hour or 45 minutes. It was a time frame. But anyways, so we missed it. And we had first flight tickets or first class tickets out there. And we were going to have a great time. We were meeting our friends. And Tim was like, uh, well, just, or I said, you know what, babe? Because I knew that we needed to take the next flight anyways. I said, you take this flight. You enjoy your first class. Go on. Go on with your bad self. It was, wasn't it his birthday or something? Wait, no. So that happened. We missed the flight. I We valeted our car. I forgot to give the valet yeah, the car keys. The keys. And so I realized this as we're checking in and we're missing our flight. And they're telling us, just get on the next flight. I said, Tim, you go. I'll stay behind. And so then I went to save the save yourself, save yourself in Vegas, go to Sin City. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so I end up going to, um, so I missed the flight. He goes on. He's like, crap, I have the keys. He throws the keys over. They hand me the keys. And so I finally go out. I check myself into a later flight. It was like for four or five hours later. And, um, I go to the valet. And they're like, I'm so glad you came because we were just about to tow the car hmm. because they didn't have the keys. And apparently it happens all the time. So they have a, I didn't know this, they have a tow truck specifically for the airport, I guess, for these incidents. And so I give them the keys. I move the car. I said, just give me five minutes. I get in the car and I'm talking to my mom and I'm like, mom, you're not going to believe my day. Allie was such a brat. Ah, she wasn't. And I had to redo color. I missed my flight. This happened with a the car. They can't get me on a first class flight to Vegas. So I'm going to have to go fly in the chicken coop in the back. And I'm going to have to like real spoiled, right? So real bratty right now. And so my mom with her Nacho Libre voice was like, mijo. 
It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Now, my mom was like, you know what, babe? Guys, I, I love the, the consejos. How do you say that? The advice, advice that I get from my mother. And sometimes she's like, you know what? You never know why you missed that flight. Maybe you were going to be that third element that was going to bring that airplane down or you were going to whatever. Jeez, she's like, but what there's was she trying to say. <clears throat> she always is one of, the, she's a very firm believer that things always happen, happen for, a for a reason, for a reason. And she's like, and you'll find out what that reason was. So anyways, long, short, long, short, long story short, long story short, or even longer, however you want to see it. So I finally take a deep breath and I'm like, you're right, mom. I give the car, the car keys to the valet person. I go into the United Club and I'm just like, you know what? I'm hungry. So my day is going to crap very quickly. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. So I went to go get a steak at Embers in uh, Concourse C. And that's why he missed the flight. They gave me the worst customer service. They, I forgot exactly how it happened. Um, they didn't come see you and it was all. Like, it took them forever. And then they, for, then I don't know, something went down and they still want me to pay, even though I walked out. Oh, my steak came out and they're like, well, you're still going to have to pay for this. And I'm like, ah, oh, the hell I am. And so they charged me. My steak, regardless, they ran it through. And anyways, oh, that, that was a whole nother story. So then I go up to the poor customer service. So then I'm like, you know what? Forget this. I'm just going to go get a sandwich. So I go to the stand. I go get a sandwich and I'm just trying to flip my tortilla. I smile at the, at the lady at the sandwicher and I'm looking up at the, at the menu and I'm like, just kind of like, mm. Maybe I don't want ham. Maybe I'll have turkey. No, forget turkey. Maybe I'll have chicken. Chicken it is. Okay, can I? And she, at this point, was like, um, we do close in three minutes. Like her voice, her tongue was like, and I turned around and I said, blip you. <laughs> you went Asian there. I went, oh my God. And I like pointed at her and I'm like, you like, Again, she just went off. I went off. She happened to be the person, but she was so rude. She was incredibly rude. So I forget this. I'm just going to go have the freaking hummus that they have at the United Club with the Melba toast. It's actually pretty good and a drink. So I got in a little cubicle. I know my story's getting really long, but guys, there's a purpose to this. And so all of a sudden I'm in front of my computer. I'm talking to my mom and I'm like, mom, my day just got worse. And she's like, well, flip. Well, she didn't say flip your tortilla, but she's like, babe, it's okay. There's a reason why, you know, things are happening, whatever. And then as I'm talking to my mom, um, I heard sobbing like on a cubicle next to me. And I always have my little Snoopy Kleenexes. And, um, anyways, I heard sobbing and I'm like, that's weird. It's like, it sounds like somebody's crying. So I kept talking to my mom and she's like, Oh, maybe she, maybe she missed her flight too. You know, she's, we're trying to make a funny out of it. And all I heard was, when did he die? And I was like, Oh, my heart sank. And I said, Mom, let me call you later. And so I got my Kleenexes and I took them to the lady and I literally just put my hand on her shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like, like you're not alone. There's somebody here mm-hmm. with you. And I handed over my Kleenexes. And I was about to remove my hand and she grabbed my hand like she felt that instant comfort and somebody being with her in that moment. Like she didn't want to be alone. Mm -hmm. And not even five seconds later, I guess one of the ladies from ticketing came up rushing to her and she's like, we got a flight. You need to run over to concourse, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And she said, 
she gave me the Kleenex back and I said, no, you keep them. Cause I knew she was going to get on the plane and you know, the news, whatever, what she was still going to be crying. So uh-huh. anyways, she didn't see me, but I saw her look back and I had already got into my cubicle and she looked back almost this happened like in seconds. Like I'm, I'm, I'm telling you guys this story and it's playing in my mind, very slow motion. And I saw her look back and I was gone. Cause she made this face like, where did he go? And, but I was seeing her and, and I just didn't want to like jump out or whatever and be anyways. Like creep. Yeah. And so and then you said, I call my mom. Alas de Angel. Angela, yeah. My Alas de Angel were born, my angel's wings. And so my mom was like, you see, that was your reason. Mm-hmm. She's like, God was working through you and you were her angel at that particular moment. She's like, she is probably saying, oh, I just got goosebumps. She's probably saying this story like, oh my God, when whomever passed, let's just say when this angel came. Yes, exactly. And she turned around and at that particular moment, mm-hmm. my mom was like, you were her angel. That was the reason why she's like, you happen to have the Kleenex. God knew or Jesus knew, however you guys want to see it, the universe knew or whatever it is that you guys believe in. Um, for me, it's God. And it's like he was working through you and you became that person's angel at that particular moment. So that was the reason why I missed my flight. So where I was going with the story is that if someone's going through something, somebody always is going to go through something and just be there for somebody and nobody can tell you to get over it. I guess that was my story, my moral of the story, I guess, but we never know when we're going to become somebody's angel. Wow. This has been an interesting episode. episode. It has been interesting. I think it was a very healing episode for me in particular. Um, and I hope that this is also a very healing for some of our listeners. Sorry, for some of our listeners, because um, we know that all of us, I mean, we're all human. We're all going through it. There's a human factor. We all have a heart. We all feel pain, or at least 95% of us do. Some of, There's some people that have no hearts out there, but we're not talking to them. Literally. (laughs) But guys, reach into your hearts. Like I said earlier today or earlier in the episode, not today. Um, Stop this episode or we're at the end of it, actually. And as soon as we're done, if you didn't do it earlier, call somebody. Tell them that you love them. Hold them dearly. Hold their hand. Invite them for a cup of coffee and just be like, hey, let's catch up. Because never leave for tomorrow what you could what you could do today because tomorrow may actually be be too late. So thank you guys for listening. This was one heavy episode, but I'm glad that we went through it. And we will be talking to you guys very soon. My name is Carlos Alvarez. This is Sharon Mahano. And please keep sharing your stories with us. Yeah. See you guys very soon. Adios. Adios.